All right, welcome to the local youth worker. Uh, today, I, I welcome a few people uh, to the podcast to talk more about um, youth ministry during this pandemic uh, that we're all dealing with. Uh, so look, let, let's do some intros real quick. Uh, Drew, why don't you go first, and then Sarah, and then Willis. Just tell us where you're from, where you're doing ministry, and all that good stuff. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. It's Drew Lentz, youth and family pastor at Village 7 Presbyterian Church. I've been here almost 10 years now. I have two kids. Olive is nine and Logan is 12. And they are, they're full of energy, a little too much energy at this time of, uh, of the universe's history because uh, they're stuck in the house with me. So it's been, but it's been great. It's been the memories made, that's for sure. Hey, I'm um, glad to be here. I'm Sarah Litton. I work at Covenant Presbyterian in Birmingham, Alabama. I've been on staff for about 12 years. Um, I'm the girls ministry director and I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So I'm now a kindergarten teacher as well as a full-time youth worker. Um, My husband is also home. He's a teacher. um, And so he will be doing some choir zoom calls i don't know how it's going to work out at our house it's going to be quite interesting um but we've we've been doing a lot of as far as family goes we've been going on hikes and um just doing a lot of outdoor activities and that's been really fun and i've also been working on my sourdough skills so wow you said sourdough yeah oh wow man you might have to ship (laughs) us some of that i will i will willis so uh Glad to be here with y'all. Thanks for having me on, John. Uh, my name is Willis Weatherford. I work as the assistant pastor to students at Christ the King in Houston, Texas. And uh, yeah, I'm holed up here in my house with my home office. Um, got my wife, Mary, and my two kids who are under two years old. So it's uh, a fun circus at home and uh, another circus trying to make ministry happen at the same time. But um, excited to be here today. Yeah, yeah, good to good to have you guys. And yeah, Drew, as you said, just all the energy with your your children inside the home. I think circus is a good description uh, there for for my household as well. I'm sure we're all kind of nodding in agreement on that. Um, look, but before before we move on into some questions, Drew, I, I'd love for you to talk to us just a little bit about the gathering um, and just what what you guys are doing on YouTube to let our listeners know about that. And then Willis, you can also talk about uh, some of what you did with the group meeting you had the other night. Yeah, the gathering was started about two years ago. A uh, number of youth pastors uh, put our heads together, and we realized that we needed a, a, a small group of seasoned youth ministers who uh, just need to need a little group to get away and um, complain about things, encourage each other, uh, learn from each other. And so we've been meeting for two years now, and when uh, everything kind of broke loose about two weeks ago. We decided that we would join forces and provide online YouTube devotional videos for not only our youth ministries and small groups, but uh, for any any church that doesn't have a youth pastor or doesn't have the capacity to provide this this kind of uh, daily devotionals. And so you can check out YouTube. Our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and then search for The Gathering PCA, and you'll find our channel. We're, we're producing those once every day 
of the week, um, except for Saturdays and Sundays. And also, you've got a PDF with each one as well, right? That has a downloadable kind of devotion guide. Isn't that right? Yeah, we did. Um, so in the first couple of days, we realized that uh, having our kids in our house with us as parents is going to drive us crazy without something to keep them busy in any kind of direction. And so I thought, what, what do I as a dad want? Uh, what would really help me? And I thought, you know, if I had 10 minutes, I could set my kids in front of a, a YouTube channel and, and then give them a, a PDF or a printed out sheet that they can do their own devotions. I mean, that would be a huge help to me as a dad. So I thought, why don't, why don't we work on that and provide that for families in our churches? So that, that's that basically what we did. Yeah, and I've got to warn people about your video because it depressed me um, because you're in the mountains and <laughs> I'm in Mississippi uh, that doesn't have anything close to a mountain. Um, so it's it's awesome, beautiful, but it made me wish I was <laughs> I was out there with you. So um, anyway, yeah, people should yeah definitely go check those out. That's a helpful resource. And, and Willis, I know you, you had a meeting. You were meeting with, I don't know, 100 other youth workers just kind of trying to plan, strategize. So maybe just share just a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I think we've probably topped out around 40 or 50, so maybe next one we'll get 100. We'd love to have anybody join, and we may do it again. But um, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, having a lot of my friends in ministry reaching asking for ideas of what we were doing, and I had been sending those same kind of texts to a lot of my network, and uh, it felt a little inefficient, ultimately. And so I was like, let's just have a big Zoom call and uh, ask a few people to speak on some of the big topics and um, and then open up some space to just have a conversation. So we did that twice so far. Uh, the last one was actually just yesterday. And it's been great, super encouraging to me. And uh, I know to a lot of others, not only to hear ideas and kind of specific, um, you know, technology or tactics to do, um, but just to be able to, to speak with other people who are doing the same thing uh, trying to love on the rising generation and finding new ways to do that. Uh, it's it's good to know that um, God is using other people alongside of us. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And we'll, we'll try. I know you were saying before recording, we can get the audio to that possibly and maybe pass that around. And so just to those who are listening, we might try to put a link in the show notes to this or, or get that out some way. So just uh, be looking out for that. Because really, I mean, that's some of the hope of this conversation right now. And honestly, you know, as serious as this uh, pandemic is, some of the beauty has been seeing churches coming together and helping each other out. And uh, just this deep, deeper sense of community, even though we're isolated from each other, to have these kind of Zoom conversations and to strive together uh, for the kingdom. It's, it's been a, a beautiful thing to, to hear about and, and to witness firsthand. So um, we hope that this you know, conversation can assist those um, who are trying to be faithful in youth ministry during this time. Um, and look, I thought maybe that, that'd be a good uh, place to start out. Just in terms of ministering to students, uh, what have each of you found to be most effective during this season? You know, I mean, this is new territory uh, for all of us. And so we're trying a lot of things out. We're failing a little bit in some things or we're succeeding maybe in some ways. And so just maybe, you know, what's been helpful for you in each of our contexts are different. So it might not transfer to somebody else in another context, but who wants to start us off there on just some things that have been helpful? I'll start us off. So uh, this is super simple, but looking at our, our roster and, um, you know, all the phone numbers for parents and students and just making sure we're reaching out to each 
student to each parent just with the simple questions of, you know, how are you doing and what's life like for you all right now? How can we be praying for you? And that's, a, you know, a slower process. Um, we've tried to hit just about everybody in the first week or two. Um, and we'll kind of continue going forward, maybe at a little bit slower pace. But, you know, peeling back the layers with people and trying to get a sense of where they're at since we can't actually see how they're doing since we're not with them. And that, that, that's good. And, and maybe kind of follow up to that, some logistics of how you're you know, splitting up that list. I mean, do you have somebody assigned to, to junior high females, somebody assigned to junior high males? I mean, just give us some thoughts there that might be helpful. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm blessed with two awesome staff, uh, Lauren and McKenna, who you've met, John, actually, at um, RYMs and Wild Tees. But um, so, yeah, student wise, we do have different kids assigned to different staff. And so we've been calling them according to that. And then a lot of a lot of other connection just kind of happens organically. But um, I'm taking it on to call the parents, um, uh, especially is my role. So. Good deal. Well, Drew, I saw your hand go up as well. What are some things that have been helpful for you guys? Yeah, I, I wish I could say that Instagram was the uh, greatest tool ever or <laughs> Facebook and all the other stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think that uh, Willis has it correct that the phone calls, the actual like phone calls is the biggest deal for us. Um, I mean, for a, for a student to get a phone call from one of us and just ask them how they're doing, uh, they can hear our voice, we can hear their voice, we can engage a little bit. Even if it's five minutes, um, just working our way through our roster it has been, and I think will be the most effective thing that we can do. I mean, we're also doing these YouTube videos, we're producing uh, daily devotionals that can be printed out. But at the end of the day, I think the personal touch that only youth pastors and volunteers can provide to people is kind of our, our greatest tool. And since we can't get together, um, you know, face to face, voice to voice is the next best thing. And frankly, I think kids are so unused to that, really like using their phones to actually make a phone call. So it, it is a little awkward at first, but at, they really appreciate just getting that phone call because they, they know that you didn't just cut and paste a, Hey, how you doing? They're just checking in on you into a text message. Like you're actually taking the time to check on them. I mean, you can do FaceTime to you can do one-on-one, -on -one, but um, both of those, like the, the personal care is, is really what, why we're in business. Um, so. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the awkwardness because I, w I was wondering about that. I mean, I've, had those times where I'm trying to have a conversation with a junior high student. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just some of the awkwardness there. And Sarah, I saw you raise your hand. So what are some thoughts there? Well, I was going to kind of reply to that, but um, definitely one of the things I think we always are doing in ministry is meeting students where they are. And so obviously we can't meet them exactly where they are in face to face, but um, even though we don't love, I, I hate Snapchat. Like I think it's made from the devil, but if that's <laughs> where my kids are communicating, then I'm going to get on Snapchat. Um, but I do think that, uh, one of the things that I've been doing is FaceTiming, um, FaceTiming students. And so yesterday I started, um, to FaceTime some of them and they weren't answering my FaceTime calls. So I video messaged myself and I was like, this is what I'm going to say to you. I'm going to say, Hey, how are you? 
can I pray for you? That's all I'm going to say. So please answer my FaceTime calls. And then uh, right after I sent that video, everybody answered me. So <laughs> That's a good idea, though. I mean, walking them through that. It, I mean, this is a bizarre thing to think about. But I mean, so many, Drew, as you said, that they don't use their phones to make phone calls. Uh, that, you know, it's for everything else. And this is just something that's a little foreign to them. And so kind of taking those videos, walking them along uh, to help them out in that, that's that's a good idea. Um, what about if, if there aren't any other things to, to throw out there, maybe some things that have not worked well, um, some things that you've tried and they just, you know, haven't gone over well and you're thinking, yeah, we're probably not going to utilize that anymore. Is there anything that comes to mind when I ask that, that question? Uh, you know, it's so early in the game that we're, we're willing to try anything and some of them, you know, they work a little bit and that's, it's worth keeping. And so at this point, we're just trying to weed out what's working best. Uh, I'd say, you know, Zoom calls are horrible uh, for junior high boys, small groups, um, because there's only takes one to make that fart noise and <laughs> put up a picture of a meme and take over the whole thing. Like it just, there's just no way to really keep everybody in, engaged in something productive. But if that's all that we can get with the group, I'll take it. Um, so we're still trying to figure out, you know, what is what's better than this or that, rather than saying that just is not working at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say having a small group of 20 people on a Zoom call where nobody's muted is not going to work. We found that out real quick. Um, but other than that, like we're we're willing to try anything and take any any small win we can get. Mm -hmm. And, and just to, to both of those things, um, yeah, I teach an 11th grade Bible class and I found out very quickly when I was Zooming with each of them, just the, the ability to chat and how it was constantly things popping up and you talking about having everybody unmuted was a disaster. Um, uh, what are some thoughts, are there some just thinking technologically speaking, can, I know you can mute everybody coming in and you can kind of control that. Um, what are some other maybe tech technology tips uh, just in some of those scenarios that have been kind of helpful? The only other thing I'd add was would be that not only mute everybody as they come into the meeting, but also don't allow anybody but the host to screen share. Uh, so that's a huge one. Hmm. The, the <laughs> boys love that screen share. <laughs> it, it just hijacks the whole thing. No, that's, that's some good tips. Uh, anybody else want to speak into that? Some things that have not worked as well or some pro tips there as far as technology or anything else? I think what's helpful with um, all of this is there's a, a little bit more of a boldness in what we're able to tell students because um, we're like, this is, how, this is how things have to go right now. Um, and so being able to say, go get your Bible and come and sit here for a few minutes and come talk and we're going to do small groups um, and be able to be, I think we're just able to kind of go a little bit more into teacher parent mode than we were before um, in the, in a good way right now. Um, and so how I think just utilizing that and being like, here's what the rules are going to be for this time while we're together. Um, this is just going to be the way that it has to go because otherwise it's not going to be that worth of a conversation. So mm -hmm. And, and the fact that so many of them are hungry for some kind of interaction, even even if it's on a screen, um, you know, some of them wanting to get away from the parents or wanting to get away from siblings or just kind of see and hear from somebody familiar. Um, so it seems like there there's 
you know, added to that just the, the time that they have now since so much is canceled. Um, so it seems like there's a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, look, what about staffing uh, to maybe Willis, you could uh, maybe speak to this, but um, you know, have you managed working alongside your staff during this, this season? Again, we're, we're having to be isolated. We're having to do zoom, but I know um, as far as like screen share and, things like that with, with staff, a little more responsibility there, but, but, um, some thoughts there of working alongside staff. Yeah. So, um, I know everybody listening will have different, you know, staff teams and volunteer teams. Uh, what we've got going on is I got, like I said, two great staff, um, that I work with. And so my, my main goal with them and then also with our, our team of volunteer leaders and our student leaders is, um, is really to encourage them in their walk with Jesus because, you know, the reason they work, you know, with us is because they love ministry students. They love doing the work. And so in a, in a time like this, it's really easy for me and for them to just kind of kick it into overdrive and, you know, try to implement every single opportunity we see, every idea we see to try it all and to try to make it all great. Um, and so, you know, we do have to be creative when we are trying new things. But in the midst of that, it can be so easy for my heart and for their hearts to to really evaluate our worth based on what we're producing, what's going well, how it's going. Uh, and that's just not true. You know, Jesus is as happy with us today as he was three weeks ago. And even if half the stuff we try completely flops, that doesn't change how he feels about us. And that's what we have to gauge our ministry on and so um, and our, ourselves on. And so that's what the main thing I'm doing is try to try to do that. In, in one of these Zoom calls we had, um, Charles Johnson, a friend from Franklin, Tennessee, um, just impressed the importance of of empathizing with your, your staff and, and making that your main goal. Um, never letting them know, never letting them think that, you know, the work they produce is more important than, than they themselves. Um, and so alongside all the other you know, more frequent touch points and phone calls and Zoom meetings and clear expectations. I think the underlying emphasis that I'm trying to do is uh, remind us that Jesus holds us and he's uh, working the lives of our students even when we can't reach them. And uh, and also encouraging them to, to go deep with Jesus in this time mm-hmm. and to take a little bit more time and be sure they get into that devotional book and their own time in prayer and their own time in the Word um, and connecting with others in that way as well. So mm-hmm. those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, that, that's such a good word. And it is, I mean, ministry is already hard enough where sometimes you can finish the day and you're like, okay, what, what did I accomplish today? You know, what did I, I quote unquote do? But now that you're, you know, out of the office and you're removed, I mean, it seems like that's, that's exaggerated even more. And so to emphasize that in the midst of this time is, is huge. And that's something we, we actually might get into a little bit more as we, we move on. But Sarah and Drew, do y'all want to speak to that? Just staff interaction, some thoughts there? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as youth pastors, we have um, a lot that we're trying to do normally. I mean, we, we're program managers, we're communicators with multiple different audiences. We our pastors, we're shepherds, we're mentors, we're counselors, and um, pro- again, programming is such a huge thing. And so, a lot, a lot of what we're normally doing has been taken away, and all that we have to offer now is relational care and the word. Um, and so, at the end of the day, I can't say, well, that game really worked, 
that program was awesome. So many kids were, were having a great time during this event. Um, again, we're, we're stripped down to relational care and the word. <clears throat> and so I think that's actually not, not such a bad thing. We have, uh, we have six staff that work with me, with the college ministry and our, and our youth ministry. And at the end of the day, all that we can really do are lead small groups on, on Zoom and make phone calls and care for students. And so um, if, if, if my staff can't use those other things to make themselves feel good, I, I think that's all, all right because they're really stuck with them. I'll make, all I can do now is, is, is care for kids. I can call kids and that's kind of all that I can do. Um, and like Willis said, like their, their worth isn't in um, all those other things and, and how they've accomplished making a really great program and, or even how well they've cared for people. I mean, Jesus, Jesus's care for them is not dependent on how well they even do that. It's on, it's on him. And so just encouraging them in that, keeping people focused on the few things that they can do, which actually are the only things that really matter. I mean, at the end of the day, since we didn't have a kickball game last night or uh, whatever other game we were going to have, um, did, the, did the kingdom not move forward because we didn't get to do that? Um, well, that's a great question for us to really be thinking about. Uh, are we able to actually do more ministry together as a team by focusing less time on program development and more time on actually caring for students. Uh, and, and this season's going to end and we're going to go back to, to normal, but we can learn some things together in this time, really thinking and asking ourselves, what what is really moving the kingdom forward? Um, and so we're really trying to spend most of our day doing those things, making those phone calls, um, putting the word in front of kids and, and any media passage or, or method that we can, uh, helping parents engage with their kids. Uh, I think we'll look back and think this was a really fruitful time. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Sarah. Well, I was just thinking, I, I feel like I've been on a few phone calls or had a few conversations with other youth workers. This just feel really overwhelmed by, um, all of the options as usual when you go on the internet or you there's so many things that people are doing um, that it can feel really overwhelming and so I think one of the biggest things to me and I feel like this is something that we communicate to each other as staff is like give yourself a break like we're I mean this is an opportunity where we aren't going to 7,000 well we are going to 7,000 meetings just in a different way um, but just really using this opportunity to maybe read some books that you weren't reading before um, or doing some other things and not feeling like you have to keep up with all the other youth ministry programs that are doing whatever else they might be doing. And just, um, just encouraging one another that you're doing whatever needs to be happening within your ministry. Um, so give yourself a break. That's what I would say. <laughs> now that, that's really good. And, and, and Drew, going back to what you were saying as well, just kind of programmatically, I, I was reading an article in Pathias the other day and it's like uh, the essence of it, you know, so much of this pandemic is kind of, 
uh, helped us to see kind of the essential work and the non-essential work, like across the board, you know, in so many different jobs. And, and it seems like, you know, that's the case in ministry. It's like, there's so many things that are good and valuable. Like you said, I mean, kickball, just bringing that up for an example, I mean, is fun and can be a great time of fellowship, but kind of weaning some of that away has given us greater focus in some ways of um, investing our times in, in other ways. So, so that's a good word. Um, look, I want us to speak about parents as well. I know we're going to take a break in just a second, but you know, as we, we seek to do ministry to students, um, what we know youth ministry is ministry to parents as well. And so just maybe some thoughts on, on how each of you have tried to, to partner with parents during uh, this time. Drew, you, do you want to start us off there? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I think that, that parents are, are scared. I think parents are worried about not only their own jobs, but they're scared about how their, their kids are, are doing in life without all this other stuff, uh, crowding into their minds as well. And, and so helping parents be open about their fears and struggles, um, concerning their kids is, is, I think a good avenue or target that we as youth pastors can can hit. Um, also helping them talk to each other rather than um, try to handle their own stuff in in their own homes. I think uh, over the the past number of years, I've really been trying to help different community of parents start talking about this is what I'm struggling with. This is what my fears are. This is how my kids are driving me crazy. This is how I'm using my kids as an idol. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. And at this time, I think we have, again, without all this program programmatic development crowding much of our schedule, we can pick up the phone and call a dad and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, what are you scared about? Um, we call a mom and ask the same questions. And I think that um, they're dying for someone to ask them because they're just not going to be, they haven't been open about it, but they want to be. Um, they just need someone to get the ball rolling, uh, both in a one-on-one -on -one setting, but also in that community uh, group as well. So that that's one thing that I've been trying to do over the last number of years. And I think it can be, I think parents are more able and ready and eager to go there right now, especially. Hmm. Now that, that's, Again, such a good word. Just just saying that people are, and I think that kind of goes back to Sarah, some of what, what you were saying, that there is a vulnerability and kind of a bluntness that we can we can have kind of in this moment and to, to be able to to see that as an opportunity uh, to speak about, um, you know, fears, as you were saying, Drew, as, you know, idols, all the idols that are coming to the surface. I mean, speaking of my own heart, thinking of the things, the comforts that have been taken away and how so much of that is being exposed and have some of those intentional conversations. Uh, Sarah, Willis, you guys want to speak to that at all? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, totally echo everything you said, Drew, just trying to draw alongside parents and encourage them and hear from them. Um, even just the experience a couple of weeks ago of hearing uh, my neighbor try to lead a PE class in her backyard for her own kids. And it got pretty heated pretty quickly, actually. <laughs> Just the frustration that parents feel of like, okay, now I'm supposed to be a teacher. And there's like professional trained for years to be able to do this thing. And now I'm supposed to do it. Um, and uh, I think in a, in a way, I think our parents maybe feel some of the same thing about, okay, now my kid can't go to youth group. Now my kid can't go and hang out with, 
you know, this this youth worker whose passion and whose training is to do this. Now I have to do that. Um, so obviously there's some some that's just right in line with with the discipleship goal to to nurture your own kid children in the admonition of the Lord. But I think the main thing they need right now is just encouragement because amidst all their own stress with, like you mentioned, Drew, the work piece. I mean, we're in Houston here, and so the whole oil and gas issue um, is a massive concern to a lot of people here. And uh, and in the midst of that, you're also trying to, you know, oversee your kids' education for the first time, and and you know that you want your kid walking with Jesus. And um, and I think they need encouragement there. I need encouragement that as I try to for my own kids and that just ramps up to to even higher levels when you have older kids. So I try to, to work that encouragement into every phone call and remind parents that God is at work in their kids' hearts. And the best thing they can do is be uh, a humble and repentant and loving and persistent parent who apologizes when they mess up, you know, which happens to all of us. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. Encouragement piece is is huge. We need to be <clears throat> definitely impressing that upon parents during this time. I mean, parents, we walk around, you know, and carry guilt around all the time. Um, at least I do as a parent, and so um, it's always good to to pass along some encouragement. But it definitely during this season, as we're seeing the ugliness of our hearts of being kind of a little bit of cabin fever, isolated at home alone. Um, look, before we leave this and take a break, ha- have there been any other helpful resources you all have seen out there of ways youth workers can come alongside parents, ideas, concepts you've seen other people do that uh, can be helpful? Uh, one one of the things that we've done as far as using our social media um is we've kind of have a different every day is kind of a different day of what we're posting. Um, and one, we do some silly things and on a couple of those days, and I think it's really fun. Um, on Fridays we do fun Friday and we just get students to send and families, um, to send us fun things they're doing together. Um, and then we just post it. And I think it's just a fun way to connect, um, our parents. And then on, Tuesday, we're doing Trophy Tuesday, so that's like a competition. We had students eat Oreos off their face without touching their face, mm, um, and we just posted videos of them doing it. And so it's and it was a montage of just hilarity. <laughs> um, and so just doing fun things, too, to say, or ways that you can have parents and families involved in that kind of a competition together, um, I think is just a way to do fun parts of ministry um and they love to watch themselves doing those things so that's helpful to hear um well look we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back we're going to talk a little bit more about resting um as well as social media kind of the pros and cons there but a few other things to talk about so we'll be right back Hey, we'll get back to the episode shortly. I wanted to remind everyone of the COVID page that we have on RYM's website. If you go to rym.org and visit the resource tab, we have a list of just several resources that we've compiled from other websites, from our own website. Uh, The conference call that we referenced earlier in this episode uh, where Willis and and several other youth workers were talking about ministry during COVID-19 uh, that The audio from that call is actually linked to our site, and you'll find it on that COVID page. We also have other Bible studies, as we have said. Uh, we have Eschatology 101 is our newest study that 
uh, should be out in the next week or so. So be looking for that. That's a free 12-week study that you can download and use. We have Prayer 101, Bible 101, Church 101, a study on justification. Um, Be sure to check those out. Again, they're all completely free. Uh, We also have some lyric videos that Joe Deegan has put together um, from some of RYM Worship's songs. So parents can use those, uh, families in the home, uh, youth workers. uh, Be sure to check all that out. That's uh, linked at our website. Here's the rest of the episode. Oh, come and buy without money. Hey, everybody. Uh, We are back. Um, Sarah, I was going to have you start us off uh, and just talk about some ministry-related things that you've done that you did not have time to do prior to uh, all of this virus. I mean, we've got so much time on our hands now, and so that's kind of the the advantage of this this season of ministry is it has given us a little bit more time to reflect. So so what are some thoughts you have there? Um, So some of the things that... um... I'm an Enneagram three, if that means anything to anyone. Um, I'm an achiever and I like to have things checked off of a list. Um, And so one of the things that's been helpful for me is to really um, look at my days, um, plan what's going to happen on those days. So um, this might be helpful for someone else. um, But on Sundays is kind of what I use as a planning day. And that's also when our small group Zoom calls happen. Um, And then Mondays, we usually have lots of meetings. So I kind of use that as an office day. And then Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my relational days. Um, And so that's when I just get on FaceTime um, with as many students as I can within short periods of time. Um, I think that's one of the benefits so far is that I can meet with eight kids and feel like I want to go to sleep after that. (laughs) Um, But I can meet with eight students in a day where I wouldn't have been able to do that um, before. Um, and so there is something kind of cool about being able to do that. And that might not, that might be a 10 minute conversation or a two minute one with a seventh grade girl. Um, but it is just, a encouraging to be able to talk to students in that way. And then on Thursdays, I usually use as like a study day. So I'm going to read or, um, you know, just spend some more reflective time. So I don't know if that's helpful to people to break their days up in that way, if that's what helps my brain or it would be exploding with ideas all the time. So, um, yeah, so so those are some of the things that I think have been um, ways to kind of reevaluate my schedule and the way that I spend my time in general. Um, And then also just writing notes to students, I think, is another area that our our girls love getting a note in the mail um, and just often don't have time to do that. So um, I think that's another way that this is allowed for that kind of time. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's really helpful. And I mean, just going back to the schedule a little bit, I mean, so much of this virus, I mean, it has just uh, warred against uh, a sense of rhythm and schedule and to, to try to establish that in some way, I think is just, it's helpful. And I know that's going to resonate with some people listening, other people there, they think that sounds <laughs> terrible. I don't want to do anything like that, but, but no, it's, it's helpful uh, to hear that. Uh, Drew Willis, what, what are some thoughts you guys have? So I, I'm sure that everyone would agree with me who's on the call here. Um, and it probably didn't come up only because, you know, it's so obvious, but I think the time with my own family has been huge. Um, we all know that our first priority of ministry is our own um, spouse and our own kids. And, and so I think I've had more time this last couple of weeks than I've ever had 
to both shepherd my my family and uh, discipline my family and <laughs> get upset at my family and uh, enjoy times with my family. I mean, it's just been a really sweet time spending with my own family. And um, I think that that the time that we spend caring and um, pastoring our, our own family does bleed into every other area of ministry that we have. So that'd, that'd be the first one. Uh, secondly, I think um, that I'm having more time to study, spend more time in the Word, I think some more time with, with Jesus, um, both productive time and also worry time, which is just seems unproductive, but I guess God uses it for good. Um, so that that's another area that I'm getting more time. Um, and then I'm, I'm having to spend a lot more time in communication in, in areas that I've never had to before, um, like Instagram, uh, Facebook, all those social media areas. I've had to quickly become a, um, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be awesome at it, but a, a lot better than I was. And and then really thinking through how do we, how do we care for kids without being able to be with them? And, and so that means basically teaching and coaching parents how to develop um, and spend time shepherding their kids. And it, it, like, I personally think that's our top priority as as youth ministers. And I've had to really be thinking about how do, how do I provide tools? How do I provide coaching? How do I provide care for parents who are the only ones who are actually with kids right now? So that that's another thing I've been spending a lot of time with. So, uh, one of the things that I've had some extra time to do is connect more with other youth ministry leaders. And uh, I love doing that anyway, but now that I've had a little bit more time uh, putting up Zoom calls and uh, phone calls with people uh, has been a great way to connect and hear what they're doing, think creatively with them. Um, and, and I hope that those relationships and those connections will continue uh, into the future so to where um, we can continue benefiting from there's you know, wisdom and ideas and help. Yeah, Willis, thanks for, for sharing that. For those who are listening, uh, we are having some technical difficulties, so hopefully Willis can stay with us. Um, we'll see if that if that cuts out or not. Um, listen, something we've, we've talked a lot about, and it seems like this theme continues to come up as you hear other people uh, just talk about this season, but it's, uh, it's kind of the theme of rest, and, and there's a sense in which, you know, we're, we're getting to rest more, um, but then, and I'll speak of my own heart here, um, it can be hard for us to sit still. You know, it's, I think that's why we have, you know, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. We, we like to, we're addicted to busyness. You know, I mean, that's, this busyness epidemic is something we've heard a lot about. Um, and so just, just kind of thinking about how each of you have embraced rest a little bit and, and kind of done some soul care. I know this is something that we, we spoke of a little bit earlier. Um, but, but what are some, what are some things that have been helpful for each of you to try to rest more or to try to, to, you know, carve out some time to be alone in the word and, uh, just, just speak to us on that, this whole theme of, of soul care, rest, Sarah, Drew, one of you want to jump in on that? Um, I do. I think that um, that one of the things that I've been thinking about, especially the past week, is just how uh, easy it would be for me to be connected to people at all times, because that is the way that I am doing ministry right now. 
Um, and so I think some of the big things are really um, more than ever. I mean, I, we always, as youth workers, try to do our best to protect an off day or to protect time where we're off. Um, and I think really during this time where our ministry is being done f- solely from our phones, um, that I've really, I've really seen myself have to be um, separated from my phone in a lot of ways when I am and when I'm not working or when I'm not doing something for that day, um, just because otherwise I could be connected to people all the time. Um, whether it's playing games on text messages or being on Instagram or whatever it may be. Um, so I do think that that's a place where I've had to really, um, set that time away for me and for my family as well. And then I think too, just, um, something that's helpful for me is to, especially because I can FaceTime students now, is to do it while I'm doing something else like cooking dinner or going for a walk or doing something else where that way my later times in the day where um, I might just be able to rest, then I can do that. And that's where I can be doing that. Um, so since I can do while well, I could walk through the grocery store while I'm talking to a student. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of using those opportunities so that the rest of parts of my day are not occupied. Now that, that's good. Kind of filling in those gaps of time there to, to multitask in, in some ways, um, but then to, to save, you know, your schedule a little bit later to, to get those times of rest. That's, that's really good. Drew, did you have anything? Yeah, I think, you know, as you consider rest, um, I, I don't know that it has nothing to do with productivity or busyness. I think it has a lot to do with where we find our value and worth. And so even though I'm not, as busy doing a lot of things, I'm recognizing the lack of rest that I have and where I've been finding my value and worth. And so since I'm not able to have a, a huge group on a Wednesday night or uh, get a lot of validity from what other people, um, how they inter- are interacting with me or how I'm feeling that they like me or not, I'm, I'm finding that uh, I'm, A, I'm not as busy but B, my rest is still not there. So I think it's a lot like um, that that little kid book, Are You My Mother? Where the little bird is looking around for whoever his mom is. He's looking to a cow, a dog, uh, the thing called the snort. And I think that we were meant and, and created to find our value and worth in, in one relationship. And that's what the father, and I think that, that this whole thing is showing me personally that that even though I, I talk a whole lot about finding our worth and value in God and our, in our relationship with the father, that, that that's not, it's not quite as true as I thought it might have been. And so, like, I'm finding myself not not sleeping well at night, and not necessarily because I'm I'm worried about my finances, but because I'm worried about um the whether or not we're going to have youth group the way we used to have it or what what my boss might be thinking about me or my peers and and so i think this question about rest is is good to really consider and really ask yourself why why am i worried what am i why am i restless um it, it's brought about a lot of um it's shown me a lot, a lot of my weaknesses that I wasn't aware of really before. Hmm. So 
Drew, that's so good. And I really, I appreciate you sharing that with us. I mean, I would echo that as well. I mean, the, the, the lack of sleep. And again, as we just keep saying, the idols that, that will come up um, from, from this. And that's definitely true of my own heart. Kind of digging into your response a little bit, are, are you able to share some of that with your students? And maybe just kind of the general question, and I, I think that goes to a question that's common, you know, how much do we share with our students with our struggles? But but just kind of asking you, are you able to kind of have any of these conversations with your, your students? I think that they'll, they'll happen. Uh, to be honest with you, as we're sitting here, I think the Lord is impressing this on my own heart. And so it's not like I came prepared to share what I just shared. I'm just kind of learning about myself as I'm sharing it. And so I'm I'm actually now thinking through like when when am I going to be able to share this with parents and kids? And that that'll be a sweet time. So yeah, yeah Sarah. I, I have a couple of days ago was reading in um, Psalm 63 with, you know, earnestly, I seek you. I'm thirsting for you as in a dry and weary land where there's no water. Um, And it just reminded me, Drew, as you were talking of, I I do feel like just, you know, generally I'm pretty cared for and I don't tend to be very thirsty because I am, I've got all the things that I need and I can do all the things that I want to do and I can be connected to people the way that I want to be connected to. Um, And so I do think that this has really um, allowed for me to experience what thirst is and what um, thirst for connectedness is, but also just for um, being able to see my need for Jesus and my need for his word and to take refuge in him. And so um, to be able to, to be able to say that to students as well, to say your what's being revealed to you right now is your desire for this, um, where you've had a lot of things that have allowed you to kind of act like that wasn't that you didn't need it because you didn't really need it in some ways. Um, but the, to show us and reveal to us the ways that those things have um, clouded that. So just made me think of that. So thanks, Drew. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Willis, I don't know if you're, Still there, but uh, if you're there, feel free to, to speak into this. I am back, and I do have thoughts. I think for me, the, the main, I don't know if it's a takeaway. I'm definitely still in process on huge. Um, I, I had been falsely under the impression that, you know, the main culprit in, in anxiety or busyness or not having having enough time to do a really consistent devotional practice. The main culprit was that I did, just didn't have enough time, you know. And now that I have a little bit more margin added into my day, most days, some days easy, but I'll, most days I do have another hour or two that I'm like, oh, I get to actually fill the time and choose how I spend it a little bit more. But that hasn't solved the fact that I still have an extra and, you know, I'm still 10 towards overwork. Um, which means, all right, now I got to go and dig for the real culprit. And I think it's it's obvious that the real culprit is, um, I uh, like so many. It's it's a helpful way to manage fear and anxiety and insecurity is to, perform, to try to perform and to try to perform at the level that I want. Uh, but that's not what God made me for. You know, it's not what He made any of us for. He wants us to rest in Him and to rejoice in the fact that He is that He has worked and performed on our, on our behalf and is doing that in the world now in a way that allows us to to find rest in that rest for ourselves as we trust him to work. 
So I'm in process on that, but this is a unique moment to kind of lean into that. I, one of the ways that I'm trying to actually do that now is I, uh, for the first time, I bought a book of common prayer, which, uh, great, but I had never used one before. Just diving into that uh, for a few minutes regularly the day has been a way to posture my heart in accordance with God's word and um, remind myself that he and even just add a structure in my day that that is focused on the reality that God being active and um, and that's a a good reminder that I'm not in the driver's seat. He is. Now that, that's good. Thank you for sharing that, Willis. And that's something, I mean, it sounds like all of us are kind of in process on this. I mean, this is still new territory. I mean, we're still kind of trying to, to reflect a little bit, but it does seem like, I mean, this, this theme of rest, I mean, it, it is, or lack of rest, it's exposing a lot about all of us. And I, I mean, I, I keep telling myself every day, all right, I'm going to be more intentional this day to just sit, to be still, uh, to open up the word, I'd, I'd, you know, I try to consistently. I mean, you know, as we, we talk about devotional habits, self-righteousness and guilt can come up very quickly. But just saying I, I try to have consistent time in the word every morning, but I've told myself, you know, I don't do that consistently in the afternoons. Um, I don't do that consistently in the evening. You know, I'm typically at the finish line with my children in the evenings and just kind of collapsing, you know, in, in the bed. But but telling myself, okay, well, take some time this afternoon just to sit and to to be still in God's Word. And so, um, but yeah, I continue to just put other things in that place and I continue to try to just kind of keep that busy pace that I, I think I've uh, has become so normal. So uh, yeah, it seems like there's a lot uh, that's again being exposed. Look, I, I know we're going to be closing this out before too long. I do want us to talk a little bit about social media, um, but because again, that that's oftentimes the thing that's filling in the gaps. Um, you know, as soon as we feel a little bored, we just you know pull our smartphone out real quick to get a, a hit of something. Um, and I don't want to sound negative on all of this because there's been so much good uh, that has been shared on you know Instagram, Snapchat, even as you were talking about the, the thing that's from the pit of hell, Sarah, to, to reference your quote, your quote earlier. Um, there's been so many good things that are out there. And of course, what we are using, utilizing these um, tools to, to spread the gospel, to disciple our students, but kind of asking, okay, how can we also encourage our students during the season to get off of these devices um, that yes, okay, this is the only way we can interact with them, but we know uh, just all the addiction, you know, from the research that from Gene Twangy to the coddling of the American mind that discusses just the negatives of screen time, kind of getting y'all to speak into that. How can we encourage our students to also limit the screen time uh, during the season? Drew, Sarah, Willis, who wants to, to speak into that a little bit? I have a couple of thoughts, but the, like, start off with this. Um, Walt Mueller regularly asks uh, us to really consider and ask our kids to consider what what is social media doing to me? Uh, and so I think, I don't know if it's a, a question of uh, limiting the amount of time kids are on social media, but what are what are they? What is happening when they're on it? Uh, rather than mindlessly engaging, get them mindfully engaged with the with the heart of Christ. And in order to do that, I think parents need to really think through how do I help my kids engage with this 
um, this form of media, which can be so damaging while at the same time can be used for such great good. Um, the, the parents and kids need to work together through this stuff rather than just saying, okay, I just need to, I just need 30 minutes of quiet time. Go get on Facebook kids. Like that's, that's not, I'd rather than be on the t- television, frankly, because it's not a, a cycle of performance on TV where social media, it is a cycle of performance that's nonstop. Um, I think, I think kids need to walk into that stuff with their parents and engage there rather than just be let, let free and let loose. I, one thing I like to say to parents, when we were kids, uh, you know, back in the good old days, our parents would let us roam the streets uh, from the beginning of the day until the like the bell rang at the end of the night. I guess our uh, my parents had one of those triangle thingies that the cowboys <laughs> have, on, and go, ding, 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 and we'd know it was their time. It would be time to come home. My parents had no idea where I was all day. And your parents today think, I can't believe that our parents let us do that. They were insane. <laughs> I think, I think in 20 years, our parents, our kids are going to be saying the same thing about us, but with regard to social media, they're going to say, "I can't believe my parents let me have free range of the internet on my cell phone without any supervision from the moment I woke up to the time I went to bed." Our kids are going to say <laughs> they were insane to let me. Yeah, I agree completely um, on all of that. I mean, just thinking of the way in which I used to roam around. and um, But then also, I like how you started out getting to the heart level, too. We can, you know, set up boundaries, restrictions, but also kind of digging down to the, to the heart. Okay, what, what are you, what is it doing to your heart as you get on the device and you're getting on this social media platform? Um, Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to add to any of this? Um, I, I think, too, just... Um... You know, are we using it, especially right now, the, you know, our goal would probably be, I want to connect. And so since my way of connecting with you at this point is through media, um, you know, how can we now maybe even change the way that we use social media? And that is our purpose. Instead of connecting with people we don't know, instead of looking at what celebrities are doing or, um, or, you know, posting a perfect picture of what our body looks like. Um, how can we use this as an opportunity to connect? It's kind of like what you were saying, Drew, earlier about just like the awkwardness of making a phone call, um, the awkwardness of making a FaceTime call. Um, you know, how can we be uh, using our Instagram to be a place of connection? And so we are getting our students to do dumb things on video and it's going out into the world. Um or also just being able to listen to a devotional or posting a playlist of really of some worship music or so how can we be using social media now as a way of connecting? Um, and then hopefully they experience what that's like and use it for when life goes back to quote unquote normal. Willis, I'd love for you to speak into this too, if you're still there. Yeah, I'm here. And I think for me, I'm hearing y'all talk and, you know, listening to my students as well, it, it feels like the whole world has been polarized on two opposite ends of this spectrum, and it's it's isolation. And you can see when students are talking about either bragging about how they are still going to the grocery store and still going to Whataburger, um, or on the alternative, the, the other student who's like, dude, my grandma goes to that grocery store. Don't go. That isolation connection tension 
is a live issue for all of us. And we all want to be more connected with each other. We all want to be more connected with our students. Um, but another decision that I have for my students is that they would be okay being alone. Jesus. They wouldn't be as present with them. And that when all they've got is themselves in a room, they would feel peace. And I think the hard truth is you don't kind of peace if you're constantly bombarded by other people and other things, right? So I don't want to be the one bombarded. Uh, I don't want them to bombard themselves with their Xbox or social media or anything else. Um, so I do want to facilitate that connection, like you were saying, for the purpose of a real relationship and ultimately helping them to be okay alone with Jesus. Um, so yeah, not connecting for connections, a critical eye toward the capacity for different social media outlets to facilitate that connection. But I think there's real, real opportunity there. And, you know, for, for myself, I have a pretty low on social media, but I have increased it all over the past few weeks for that reason. So yeah, it's, uh, it's an opportunity and danger at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I like how you're bringing up this tension between just the isolation uh, that we're all, you know, experiencing. And so social media can be a tool that can help us feel a little more connected, but then at the same time, the need to, to put it down and, and to get away. And so I, I do think it's such a good thing where we're all bringing up of, okay, how can we be used by God to kind of get this message to, to our students to, yeah, okay, let's utilize this for devotions, for, for, fun, you know, what is it? Fun time Friday. What did you call it, Sarah? Fun Friday. Fun Friday. Sorry. <laughs> so you're better at that than I am. Um, yeah, yeah. Fun things on there, but then at the same time to get the message out of, Hey, put the phone down, have some time just sitting alone to see, I mean, our savior, Jesus did that. He, he sought places of solitude to just be alone with his father and that it's an okay thing to just sit and, and to even tell our students, look, don't even feel like you have to pray or open up the Bible. Just sit there and just reflect, maybe look in creation and just sit there a little while and just be alone with your thoughts. I mean, and so many of our students probably have not just sat in solitude for five or 10 minutes. Um, of course, we want them in the word. We want them praying, but just to, to sit in silence uh, could be a good thing for our students during this this time. Um, look what we're wrapping this up, Drew, Sarah, Willis, any last things you'd like to say as we, we close this out? Yeah, I just want to, uh, urging voice, uh, to anybody out there who is feeling, you know, either overwhelmed with the task in front of them or, you know, like they're not measuring up to whatever cool church or they're seeing on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, um, the the main thing that's happening is at work in the lives of your students and he is sure um and if you can find some small consistent ways to to be truly present with them whether it's over a phone or a letter or whatever that's what they're going to remember more than whatever cool instagram campaign or netflix watch party you're able to come up with so yeah uh jesus loves all of us praise god and, and he's at work in, in way bigger ways than we could ever dream up Awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's good, Willis. Drew, Sarah, anything else to add? I think along with what Willis just said, and I'm just going to underline that again, is that, you know, we believe in a God that loves 
his people, regardless of what we bring to the table, actually in spite of. And one thing that I've, I've learned over, over my many years of ministry is that I, I love to use ministry as my validity and value maker and the thing that I like to bring to Jesus and say, hey, look, are, am I worth it now? Um, I think Scotty Smith said, he, I mean, he, he's not upset that, that we're doing these things for him, but really what he wants is us. I think when we try to perform for God, it's like a, a kid making an ashtray for a God who doesn't smoke or for a dad who doesn't smoke. That's what Scotty Smith says. And I love that quote that, you know, performing for God is like a kid making an ashtray for a dad who doesn't smoke. Um, I think that just remembering that his his pleasure is us, not in what we do for him, and that he will use us. But um, at the end of the day, we'll just be thankful that he used us rather than presenting it as, hey, look, here I am. You know, uh, good. You, you ought to love me because of what I've done. I think he, he just loves us freely. And that, that's that's what's going to allow me to rest tonight, I hope, because it I keep forgetting that. And that's why I'm not sleeping these last couple of nights. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's good. And listen, Drew, Willis, Sarah, thank you all for, for coming on this uh, podcast. Uh, to those who are listening um, at RYM, we are putting a page together with a lot of these links to different things as we reference the gathering and possibly some audio from that meeting that uh, Willis uh, held. Um, so if you want to get RYM.org, we'll have a page that has a lot of things linked on there. We want to continue to update that to try to um, you know, help those who are, who are seeking to be faithful uh, during this season. So we hope that's a, a tool for uh, the local church. Um, look, appreciate you guys coming on today. Um, it's encouraging talking to y'all. And just to be reminded, we're, we're not alone in the midst of this, that God gives us brothers and sisters uh, to strive alongside of each other to pass the faith on to the next generation. So thanks for you guys coming on. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without